And live from the nation's capital, another hour. We're on Twitch, YouTube, the Odyssey app. If you watch us on any of those, you can see Trista's giant scarf that she was forced to buy. They got her. They tricked her. They did. Yeah. She even said, hey, you want me to show you how all the different ways that you can put this scarf on? No way. You got like a, a like A, dis- a tutorial. Like, wow. She was telling me, oh, you just do this. And then I'm not doing it right now. This you is should. Just- can we actually have like, you do by the end of the show? Just do like a full two. Like, yeah, there you go. Like, that thing is huge. It's like, oh, you should do this. It literally, I mean, it's that is a full, that is a like big sweater. It is. They took a sweater and they just said, this is the same material for a giant sweater. We're going to make a scarf out of it. Yes. Well, you are, you are stylish. I will give you that. You look very fancy tonight. And adding a pop of color, as you said, pop with the red. Pop of color with our gray background that still hangs on there. Johnny Lazarus is a NHL contributor for Bleacher Report Open Ice. Uh, first off, man, like, it's felt like the NBA with all of the player movement over just the last few days in the NHL. Now that the dust has kind of settled a little bit, just give us your overall big picture, up high view of everything that we've seen and what stood out to you. First of all, thank you guys for having me on, and uh, I do love the red blanket or scarf, yes. whatever you want to call that. <laughs> blanket isn't you're right. Blanket uh, is actually a good way to describe it too. You're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as the NHL goes, I mean, you know, you, you couldn't have said it better. It has felt like the NBA kind of vibes, and you know, typically in the past, the NHL deadlines always come down to that three o'clock, you know, last minute um, deadline, for lack of a better term, and, and there's always been trades that come after three o'clock, but. You know, this year, and it all started on January 30th with the New York Islanders, Lou Lamorello made a trade for Bo Horvat, and that kind of got the ball rolling. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people joke uh, in NHL media that trade deadline days always felt like Christmas Day, but this year it was eight crazy nights of Hanukkah when it comes to uh, the trade deadline. But um, as far as overall, you know, there's been a lot of talented players on the move, and, uh, you know, it seems like the East Eastern Conference is – really prepared to make a run at the cup. The Western conference is a little more wide open, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And these next two, three months of, of, you know, regular season hockey leading into playoffs is going to be incredible. Kind of feels also like the NBA Eastern conference sort of stacked Western conference uh, more open. So out of all of these moves, Johnny, what is the one player that you think is going to be the most impactful that got moved at the deadline? I'm going to go with Timo Meyer for the New Jersey Devils. Um, you know, that's a rival of the Rangers who I root for, but I think this Devils team right now isn't necessarily getting the respect they deserve. A lot of people think it's been a fluke for them this year because they kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but in my mind, Jack Hughes is, you know, without a doubt, a superstar in the NHL now. Vitek Vanacek's been really strong in goal for them. Um, they've gotten a lot of secondary scoring as well from guys like Dawson Mercer. Nico Heischer stepped up as the captain on their first line. Jesper Bratz had a breakout season. You know, they have a lot of talent on their team and adding a 30-goal scorer like Timo Meyer, who hasn't been in the playoffs in a couple of years, that's hungry to get back there. I think he fits the mold of what being a New Jersey Devil is. And I think that's just a really good fit for, uh, you know, a guy that just made a move. So the Bruins are on historic pace. I mean, th- this team, you make a coaching change and all of a sudden it's like they're a whole new organization. And then they load up even more at the deadline. Uh, they're clearly the favorites, is rightfully so, plus 425 to win the Stanley Cup. Then it's the Avs at plus 650, Hurricanes at plus 750. But I mean, realistically, all things even, teams are healthy, and I know we can't predict injuries, but we also expect at some point something like that to happen. Can anybody, can anybody overtake the Bruins with the way they've been playing this year? Well, so it's funny because there's always talks of the, 
President's Trophy curse, which you know mm-hmm. goes back to 2013. Now, the last team that won the President's Trophy that won the Stanley Cup was the Chicago Blackhawks. But for whatever reason, the teams that you know don't face the adversity necessarily in the regular season, when it smacks them in the face in the playoffs, it usually ruins them. But with that being said, this Boston team is different. Um, you know, it's funny that they're doing so well because they were the team that everyone was concerned about prior to the season starting because they were without Brad Marchand and Charlie McAvoy, who's you know, both of them uh, top four on the team, top D-men on the team. And, you know, this team has just clicked for whatever reason. You know, it's not the best team on paper. They're a great team on paper. But other teams have way more talent than the Bruins have. The Bruins, for whatever reason, just, you know, have depth and have a ton of skill and have figured it out. Um, and, and they've been consistent the entire season. So I don't really see anything changing. If anything, you know, the, the first round, if they go down a game, it might just, like, shocked them a bit because you know that like i said they haven't really had the adversity this year uh and that'll be interesting to see how they react to uh you know the eighth seed in the eastern conference because they pretty much had the first seed lined up but i I do think that any given team in the eastern conference has a chance this year and and, i know boston's been ahead of the pack but hockey's a different sport like if you get a hot goalie at the right time you never know what could happen yeah, I mean, listen, too, they, they added Dimitri Orlov and Garnet Hathaway for my caps, so I know they've added some toughness. Garnet Hathaway is one of the <laughs> toughest dudes in the NHL. Great interview, too. Love the guy. But what, what do you think of – we talked to Ben Raby, who's from the Caps Radio Network, last night about this. What do you think of the fact, yes, they're on pace to have the most points in a season, the most wins in a season, but, like, it's gauged differently, and it's it's taken into account differently than it was like in the past. Like, do you consider this an actual – like, if they break the record for the most points in a season, most wins in a season, will you consider that, like, a true, record, a true record-breaking season? Like, you know, in the, the NFL, they've added an extra game, so everybody's breaking records now because they have an extra game. Do you feel that way at all about the way that this will be for the Bruins? I think it all kind of depends on just the generation to generation. It's kind of like comparing MJ to LeBron or Connor McDavid to Gretzky, right? Like, it all does change. You can't really compare the, the past to what it is now because everything – is kind of up to par with where everybody else is. Um, you know, when it comes to modern day hockey, I think, yeah, it's definitely a record breaking season. Like the Bruins have, you know, 101 points already and we just got into March. Like that's pretty insane. Um, you know, the Tampa team had 62 wins. It looks like the Bruins might surpass that, which they probably end up will doing or will be doing. Um, but I think, you know, that's, that's a tough question too, because the game has changed a lot and, I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely don't want to take away credit from what Boston's done. Um, you know, I, I think they deserve all the praise they're getting because it's, it's truly been remarkable what they've done this year. New York, Johnny, I'm sure you were loving it as a Rangers fan. Oh, it yeah. was <laughs> it was electric in the postseason. I was all in, and I've never been historically a massive NHL fan, but I tell you what. Being going to the garden this next postseason has got to be on my list of things to do. Islanders obviously looking good, but let's look at the Rangers. They add Patrick Kane, uh, they add Vladimir Tarasenko. Are are you surprised or like how surprised were you that they didn't have to un like offload any of their young talent to get them? I think that was the biggest concern. Um, you know, what are we giving up to get a guy like this? And I'm very surprised, but at the same time, also not too surprised because when it comes to a guy like Patrick Kane, he won three championships for the city of Chicago. He's been, you know, a a staple in the community for north of 10 years. And I think they knew he wanted to go and they knew he wanted to be in New York specifically. 
So when a guy does that much for your organization, I think you just want to do the right thing by him. Um, not only as a player, but also as a person, right? He just, he has a newborn baby or not a newborn, but maybe like a two-year-old boy. Um, you know, he wants to set up a future and a home for his family. So I think the Blackhawks did the right thing by him. And, you know, he could end up signing back with Chicago, I think, after this season. So, um, you know, I think he just wanted to give it a try. And, you know, he has spoke, uh, you know, publicly about retiring as a Chicago Blackhawks. So I won't be surprised to see him go back there at some point in his career. But I know he does want to be in New York. He does want to win with the Rangers. And it is awesome that it was able to work out where the Rangers aren't necessarily sacrificing their entire future. And as far as MSG goes, not only will it be exciting for the Rangers, but the Knicks too. Like yeah. right now, seeing, seeing Jalen Brunson walk into the garden wearing a Patrick Kane jersey the day of the trade, that got me so fired up. I'm a huge Knicks fan also, so uh, it's going to be a really fun time in New York City for both of these teams. What do you think the upside is for the Rangers in in the playoffs? Obviously, there's a lot of really good teams in the East. What would be an absolute dream ceiling I mean, obviously, that's winning the Stanley Cup, but I think right now for the Rangers, it's 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 almost like we're in a bad position because there is so much expectation right now after gaining, you know, the the talent they got at the deadline of Tarasenko and Kane, that you know all the Ranger fans want to play the Devils in the first round, right? We want that rivalry, we want the fun, the seven game series. But me personally, I don't want anything to do with that because if the Devils do be the Rangers in round one, I will not hear the end of it. I won't be able to leave my apartment. Uh, it's not going to be a fun time to be around here. But I, I think it is cup or bust for the New York Rangers. Wow. Like when you get what they got without giving up what you necessarily needed to give up. Like, you know, I thought most people would have said they give up Philip Heedle, give up Alexi Lafreniere or Capo Caco, the three young stars they have in their team, but they didn't give up any of that. So, uh, you know, the cards or the, the chips are all in. I'm not a poker person, but I know that's the saying, right? You put the chips in the middle. Uh, the cards are in, chips are in, whatever the saying is. And uh, I think it's cup or bust for them. Talking to Johnny Lazarus, BetMGM tonight. Uh, the Penguins were already the oldest team in the NHL. Then they just brought in other old guys. Like, what What are they <laughs> doing in Pittsburgh right now? Honestly, I don't even have the answer because I thought the Capitals <laughs> and Penguins were in a very similar situation, mm-hmm. and the Caps kind of went the right way about it. Yep. Uh, they recognized, hey, it's not our year this year. We'll, you know, um, we'll, we'll mail it in, not necessarily give up on the year, but, you know, we're not going to sacrifice anything for the next couple seasons. Um, you know, I thought Pittsburgh would have kind of followed suit with that, but I mean, it's, it's tough to say, right? Like you still have Sidney Crosby, you still have Evgeny, Mal- Evgeny Malkin, uh, if Jari gets healthy. They look pretty good. Christopher Latang in the back end. Like, you know, these guys are still on the back nine. They got like three or four years left in their careers, probably at most. So maybe, you know, Crosby could have went to management and said, Hey, I'm not ready to give up. Like, let's, let's still go for it. We're still on the hunt. Anything can happen if we make the playoffs, which is true. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a terrible move, but I was a little surprised to see that. So we talked about a lot of the top teams in the East adding firepower, but out West, like not really, not so much, right? Um, For you, Johnny, why do you think the Stars, Golden Knights, Kraken, Wild, why didn't they do some of the things or go all in like the Eastern teams did? It's so hard to say. Um, And uh, the Dallas Stars did add Max Domi, who's Mm -hmm. had a pretty decent season. He's not a huge name. Uh, but, you know, he's had a great year thus far with Patrick Kane on Chicago. Um, and, and for whatever reason, I, I have no idea, honestly. I don't know the answer, like, to why the Western Conference teams just didn't get anyone. Um, it didn't really make much sense because you think also that the players that were going to the Eastern Conference saw that the Eastern Conference is, you know, very tight-knit right now and not up for grabs, where 
you think the players that want to win a championship would go to the Western Conference when, you know, there's only two or three teams somewhat dominating that, that, that side of the bracket. So I'm, I'm just as surprised as everyone else. I don't really have the answer. And I know that's obviously like not something anyone wants to hear, but, um, you know, for whatever reason, like the East Coast just loaded up. Um, and it's really hard to, to answer why. But, you know, I, I do think Dallas is one of those teams in the Western Conference. If I am making a futures bet, it's on the Dallas Stars because mm-hmm. when you think about playoff hockey, especially last season, Colorado's to the cup was way less difficult than Tampa Bay's. Colorado swept the first round, they won the second round in six, and then swept the conference final. Whereas Tampa Bay had a tough seven game series. They do sweep the second round against Florida, but it was a pretty tough series, pretty, you know, physical series. And then they play a six game series against the Rangers, which was a battle also. So the path to the cup in the Eastern Conference is not going to be very easy. I'm not saying it's going to be much easier in the Western Conference, but I do think a team like the Dallas Stars, like Vegas, like Colorado, will be much less battle-tested once they get to that Stanley Cup final. I got about a minute here. Uh, if not the Bruins coming out of the East, then who in your eyes? Oh, this could backfire so hard. <laughs> but well, like, I, like I do want to say the Rangers, obviously. It's, it's, it's a little biased, but yeah. I really do feel like it could be Toronto. Um, and obviously – you know, I'm saying that. Wow. Like, yeah. Five to one to win yeah, the East. You know. Well, also, they haven't won a series in, yeah. Like, yeah. what, 20 years? Yeah. So, you know, I think that's kind of a, a gutsy call on my part. But Kyle Dubas has done everything he can at this deadline to make this team as best as possible to beat the Bruins. Um, you know, I really do think they're all in, and this guy's fighting for his job, and this could be the end of the Leafs if they don't win a round. So, wow. Uh, you know, I, I well, you know, Austin Matthews coming up in a contract year, like all these star guys. Um, you know, at some point when you have the same core for, you know, close to a decade, you got to say, hey, it's not working. We got to do something else. Um, and I really do think Toronto, this is like their last dance. Um, you know, you want to talk about suffering fan bases, man. That that oh, yeah. fan base has seen more letdowns than than anybody. And I'm a DC sports fan, and I can tell you about letdowns, and they have, I feel bad for them. Johnny Lazarus, Bleacher Report. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys.